Hey, welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients, no sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system, and L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, it's Trent Clark here, CEO of Leadership, a serial entrepreneur, international speaker, longtime coach, and professional baseball coaching in three World Series. I am the host of the Winners Find a Way show, and today my special guest is Chris Krause. Hey, Chris, how are you doing, buddy? Doing fantastic. How you doing, Trent? Thanks Man, for having I'm, me. I'm so good. Just blessed, brother, and, and uh, thrilled I could have you on the show. Chris and I go way back, like probably 12 years ago, back in Chicago. Chris is the former CEO of NCSA. What does that stand for exactly, Chris, so I don't mess well, it up? Originally National Collegiate Scouting Association, but we rebranded to Next College Student Athlete. I love that rebrand. And so Chris has been involved with helping young athletes get to college, positioned in with, with a university or, or college that will they will continue on in athletics typically under scholarship and with a coach and an educational program that serves their needs and man as a, as a former division 1 player you and I right man this was nowhere to be found in the 80s right yeah i wish i had a, yeah that's kind of the reason i started it was cuz of my recruiting process and what i had to do to get a, a scholarship and and play football at the next level and there was a, not a lot of good information out there. Everyone kind of thought if you're good enough, they'll find you and your high school coach is going to do it. And everyone seems to be an expert. No one really knew what was going on. And it wasn't until I really got involved and got proactive with it myself that things started to happen. And I was really fortunate. I got a full ride to Vanderbilt University and got to play in the SEC and got an incredible education. But mm. if I had I not gotten involved and done things on my own, I would have missed that opportunity. And the problem with recruiting is you can't go back and do it again. Once you go through it, uh, it's done. And you've got four years of eligibility and your clock's ticking. And, and uh, there are a lot of kids that, you know, those Uncle Ricos that could have been a superstar and they should have got a full ride and they could have gone to state. Uh, you know, you see all those you know, storylines that uh, you hear about these, uh, you know, these kids that, that were washed up high school players that all wish they could have gone somewhere. Yeah. You know, I think it really served a, an audience and we're going to talk some more about that. But for people that are just joining the show, the show is called Winners Find a Way. Have you ever faced stiff adversity, felt like the losses are mounting and you need to find a better way? Well, I think you came to the right place, whether you're already an entrepreneur, an athlete, executive, business leader, looking to start your journey to being elite. This is the show for you. I bring on one percenters who absolutely have done it. And I think that's really important. It's important for me to hear from people that have gone through some trials and, you know, live to tell the tale. And what I think a lot of people miss, Chris, is that many successful people have had trials to get to where they want to go. It is not a golden paved path to excellence and, you know, easy street. Do you agree? Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's a, uh, it's called what I call, I call failure recovery. 
Mm. How fast can you fail and how fast can you learn and recover and pivot on that failure and make yourself better? Oh, I love that. That is awesome. So let's meet our guest today for everybody joining us. Chris Kraus, like I said, good friend of mine. Chris Chris and I absolutely share this passion for athletics. We met in the Entrepreneurs Organization over 10 years ago in Chicago. I was running a maritime shipping and uh, contracting company. Uh, we were moving a lot of oil products and all sorts in the Great Lakes. And uh, Chris was running NCSA. And uh, man, I was so intrigued by it because as a former athlete, I was the guy who sent the HS tapes. You know, Chris, you know me, I'm an undersized guy. I'm like, Hey, someone please pay attention to me. And I speak all over the world about this. And I tell kids, Hey, you don't need every college coach to love you. You need one. You know, like right. you need someone to go. Wow. I love Chris Krause. He should be yeah. at our university and I'm willing yeah. to give him full ride, half a ride, whatever it is, but they're going to make an investment in you. Do you right. see that the same? Oh, it's like, you know, that a good friend of mine who actually recently passed, his name is Jack Rankins, and he used to go out and do educational talks around the country and was a real advocate for the student athlete and sports in college. And the whole idea is like, you don't have to be all world, all league, all state, all century or whatever to play in college. You just have to be a really great student athlete and have the passion to find the right spot. You know, there's 1,700 colleges out there that are looking for athletes. And if you are serious about playing, I think if you're a varsity student athlete, that's a starter at a decent high school. If you're serious about playing, you can take that athlete, that sports experience and extend it into college and have athletics on your resume, which what I tell everyone I sit with, I sit with you know thousands of kids a year and our, our teams do. And, and it's like, if you want to separate yourself, from 93% of every other college grad on the planet, play a sport, put it on your resume, let people know that you wanna be a part of a team and that you're a go-getter and you're a goal setter and you know how to manage your time and know how to, to manage your, your attitude and your work ethic and really make that work for you. And it's, it's just such, as an entrepreneur and as a leader, I recruit like-minded people. And at NCSA, we have almost 800 former employees, 800 employees that are former college athletes. And we, we look for that on a resume. Yeah, I love that. And I just, I've had this conversation probably a number of times in the last six months, especially, but I had Jim Ayers on the former president or managing director of North America for Amway. And he was a former offensive lineman at Grand Valley State. He said, I hire athletes, man. Like yeah. I look for people who came into this thing. And, and one of the things I had a great conversation with a, a young man recently about was a division three athlete. Like this is a kid that was committed to playing basketball at that level, all the practices. It's nearly the same as the division one schedule, nowhere near the money and the offering, you know, typically. And this is a commitment that these kids make because they love sport. They love to be a part of the team, determined, the drive, lifelong learners, coachability is high, adaptability gets high. Some of those key itties that we want in leadership, right? That we talk a lot about, like we get them out of the student athletes. So I certainly love that aspect of everything you've done. And I, and I think one of the things we're also going to address is Title IX, right? right. Uh, as, as a college athlete, when I was going through, you know, I was always amazed playing both baseball and tennis that we had, I think, two and a half full scholarships in tennis. And I yeah. think the women's team had eight full ride yeah. scholarships. Right. And it was right. amazing to see, Hey, you know, a decent yeah. player got $80,000 in education right. just like that. 
Well, for the female student athletes, I mean, take a look at the boardrooms across the United States at Fortune 500 companies. I think it's like 90% of the C-level women that are that are running companies played college sports. That's a fact. And the wow. other thing is, when you look at education, like, why are you going to go play sports in college? Because you're going to get an education. Chances are you're not going to go pro in you know half the sports or 90% of the sports that are out there. And if you did go pro your career was going to last maybe two or three years if you're lucky and then you have to get a real job anyhow and that's the, the fact from the NC, from the NCAA on the NFL 2.3 years is is if you get yeah. to make it that far so the reality is if you are looking to play sports and let sports be a part of your life and help be a vehicle to get you into a better college to get you noticed and get you separate your resume from everyone else if you look at the u.s news and world top 50 colleges and universities more than half of them are not division 1a programs so if right. you look if you, if you want the best education tell me if you're looking to go to a, a college and play sports if you look at university of chicago you go to Wash U, St. Louis. You mm-hmm. go to Williams and Amherst and all those. There's tons. Most of the best actual schools educationally, the Ivy League schools aren't all. They're not BCS schools. Uh, Brown, Yale, Princeton, Harvard. They're not. You're not going to see them playing. You know, for a national championship uh, at, at on the football level. But you are going to see kids graduate with meaningful degrees that are going to make impact at their communities and at their jobs and with their families. Yeah. We had a fabulous interview once with the tennis coach at Harvard and, Mm -hmm. you know, a very competitive program, but you know, he was very candid. Like this is the number one, you know, one of the top institution educational programs in the country. Like my kids miss practice because they have exam weeks. They have this, they have that, like, and, they know that the ATP tour is not necessarily calling them tomorrow. Right. Right. And and this isn't their end game. And so I recognize that I coach that and I coach a little bit differently because of those factors. And, uh, and you know, the Ivy league competes very well, actually in hockey, (laughs) they're very good in hockey. Right. Okay. So Chris is NCSA founder and former CEO. He recently sold that business to endeavor. And so you remain on with NCSA. Is that correct, Chris? Well, I still do. Um, I do executive training and coaching for our top executives. And at, at the Endeavor level, I'm in the process of doing some high-level portfolio management to see how we can best integrate NCSA with the IMG team. And there's some other, there's a lot of opportunities. Endeavor has been an incredible uh, group to work with, and they're highly innovative, and they're just a bunch of really smart people that are uh, that have big visions for you know how these kids can get off to college. Can, and then can come back and really make become leaders. I call it athlete leadership in the workplace. Yeah, I was just going to talk about that next. Like you've helped over you know, hundreds of thousands of kids get to a college to play. You've become one of the fast 50 for Crane's business as a company. You were uh, uh, recognized as one of the best places to work all under your leadership. And then of course you drove out the athlete leadership, uh, empowering leaders through sports and surfing. Huge <laughs> initiative for these athletes to get into. This is helping you become a leader in these programs. And we all know that nearly every team has a C, right? We got a right. captain right. and someone's going to be an assistant well, captain. And all those things are part of right. growing up and developing. Well, absolutely. I, I mean, the thing I'm most proud of at NCSA is the team, that the culture that we built, this that leadership culture where, you know, it's, we put team first and we value all out work ethic and 
and, and all in attitude. And we remake our mark and we would make it a safe place for, for people to fail and we have fun. Those are all things that you want to have in any championship culture. And, and the leaders that we were able to attract through sports are the people that are leading the company now. You know, Lisa Strassman, she's our president and she was a former Yale hockey player. Izell Reese, you know, he's running our division, our reigning champs experiences division, which now is NFL flag football. He's our executive vice president. You know, he played football at University of Alabama, Birmingham. He was a walk-on. He turned out to be an NFL player. He played seven years with the Cowboys and Broncos. He's a superstar. Rick mm. McDowell. I mean, the list goes on. Of uh, He played football at Northwestern. We have so many superstars that all played sports that are all in it to make a difference and to give back. You know, the whole idea of the, the leadership culture is empowering leaders through sports so they can get ahead and give back. And that's one of the big staple of our culture is making sure that we have, everyone has, every student athlete has access to this platform and to the educational content, regardless of your financial background or where you come from. We're all in team and we want to make sure that we are able to reach and, and make access for our services to everyone through our scholarship programs. Love that. And so, you know, as I look at it, you're an author, you wrote that book at leadership. People can pick up, think, you know, listening and understanding and reading about more how you set that culture, how you built that, what your plan was this from the beginning. So that's a book that you can find on your shelves. Yeah. I'm sure they can find that at Amazon. Is that right? Yeah. Athletes Wanted is the book that uh, my first book was Athletes Wanted, which okay. is um, the, the complete guide to empowering. Basically, it's, it's a step-by-step process of how to get yourself to look at colleges and universities and to help get your son or daughter in the best position to find the best educational opportunity with athletics. And that my second book, I, it's almost finished is that leadership. And that's almost finished. I have a few more interviews to go to, to get through and put some polish on it, but that's going to be coming out hopefully next year. Nice. Okay, perfect. So let's take you back a little bit. You're a kid out of the uh, out of Waukegan, Illinois, and you're playing at yeah. is this is, is North Chicago? North Chicago is um, my high school. Yeah. Yeah. And is that a public school in yes, Chicago? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. So you're at a fact, public I'm, school yeah. in the city of Chicago. Oh, here we go. I got to show you something. This is I, for anyone that's watching. This is my high, freshman high school football team. I'll there you go. Pick me up. I saw who you are at number 75. <laughs> yeah, that's me. We were 9-0. and We won the conference, this team, 19 of us, right? And one of the things I keep this hanging in my office because it, it kind of gives me a reminder as to why I do what I do and why I'm so passionate about it is because every kid on that team was good enough to play somewhere in college. I was the only kid to get a scholarship, right? And I'm thinking, why did I get a scholarship? And all these other guys who were athletically gifted, uh, some of them were better than I athletically, yeah. for sure. It's probably about four, four or five of us could have been Division One athletes, I think. But you know, the reality was I had a couple, I had some role models and some mentors and so many other guys may not have had as much support at home or support through the school. They, you know, they didn't have the kind of role models I did. And I was really lucky. And I know that if NCSA was around for these guys, I think about if all of them went to college on, and played sports and, and were able to come back as role models, it wouldn't be the exception to the rule. It yeah. would be the norm. And all these kids would say, wait a minute, if I'm playing here at North Chicago, I'm going to college, I'm going to play sports. That's yeah. the norm as opposed to one guy is a, you know, becomes an outlier and it's, oh, yeah, one guy got a scholarship and he got lucky. Uh, yeah. So, it, no, so I, sports can change. I think it can really change communities with, with bits in the right hands. 
Yeah, I think that's huge. And I, I always felt that same way, Chris. You know, I, I played, I'm a Michigan kid and we played in three state championships my sophomore, junior, senior year. And I, you know, my senior year, you know, I was, I was touted as a pretty good player, but there were a number of players on my team that were as good or better than me. And I think I was the only one to play division one baseball. And I'm just thinking mm-hmm. like, man, you know, how does this team go to all that quote unquote exposure, man, you know, the travel summer team were pretty good in the regional finals and then exposure at three state championships. And how come, you know, Michigan state and Michigan and Western Michigan and central Michigan and Bowling Green and Illinois state. And how come these, these regional schools didn't know about these kids? I mean, and I was like you, I, I had a someone who was helping me along the way. Man, I'm, I'm pumping video, VHS tapes. I'm right. sending stuff out. Like I'm doing anything I can get. And you know where I think I really got lucky, Chris. And I tell this story all the time. Is we had a couple of really good, really good ball players from Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jeter was in the area. A guy, of course, a couple Atlanta Braves ended up that were just superstars, right? For the mm-hmm. Braves, both pitchers, Steve Avery and John Smoltz were Michigan kids. So right. if I got a chance to play them in the summertime, that I saw that as a massive advantage because hey, I knew eight scouts would be there and they got to watch the whole game. Right. If I could do something to impress somebody, like right. I, I may get a look, right? And so that was the benefit. It wasn't like they were coming to our successful team. It was when right. you played against the superstar, yep. maybe you could get noticed, right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we had um, I had a guy that was a, uh, one year ahead of me who was an All-American who was got looked at by all the colleges. And when they, all the college, his name was Aaron Swopes. He went to Wisconsin and when everyone came out to see him when he was a, a junior and I was just a sophomore, I was on the radar. So look, I started getting letters and I started getting on the radar. So, you know, the problem is it was, you start getting letters from all these colleges and it makes you think there's, they make you think you're getting scholarship offers. And reality is like, yeah, we think you're great. And we want you to come out and visit our campus. And you're, you know, we want to look at you for, for a potential scholarship. So you just sit back and you wait and you wait and wait. And all of a sudden you got a box of letters and that's all you got. And yeah. no one told me, well, you got to take those letters. You got to fill out the questionnaires. And then you got to call the coaches up and let them know that you're interested. And then you got to get a highlight tape together and send it out. And so they can see film on you and all the things that I didn't know I was supposed to do until, you know, literally it was my senior year late after my, I had just finished the season. And I heard about a couple of my other buddies from other schools that were highly recruited athletes that were already starting to get offers. And I'm like, wait a minute, you're getting offers. How come I'm not getting offers and they're the same schools. So I went back and I started looking at my, you know, all the letters I got from these coaches. And it's like, Hey, Chris, if you're interested in Michigan, call me Bo Schembechler. Here's my phone number. And I'm like, wow, I, I got to start calling. So I started calling the coaches up and they said, Hey, we didn't know you're interested. Send us a videotape. So my dad and I got the two VCRs together, made a highlight tape, <laughs> yeah, started sending it out. And it, yeah. I got them back. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. That's how you got to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and once I started sending out that highlight tape, some of the schools said, yeah, Chris, we really want you. We want to fly you out and look at their campus. Some of the schools said, God, we wish I would have got this earlier. We already made our last commitment and we're, our scholarships are done with. And I'm like, Holy smokes. I am, you know, I was literally really at the cusp of being too late in the process to, to take advantage of it. And I got lucky. Did you get a couple other, offers than Vandy? Did you have a couple options? Yeah, there was actually the Air Force Academy, Eastern Illinois. Well, Michigan had me in the Northwestern were my other opportunities, right? Scholarship offers. But Michigan, I was going to go out. I had an official visit lined up and then I was looking at Vandy and Northwestern were my two other top picks. And I had a visit to Michigan, called me the week before my, my visit and said, 
you can come on official visit, but we're going to have to give you a preferred walk-on because we just had our last commitment. Then I'm like, well, heck, I better make a commitment. And I picked Vanderbilt at that time. Yeah. Now, did you, I mean, how I love, like my son was a good hockey player and I was, he was looking at the Air Force Academy, good hockey program, but you know, the commitment yeah. is real, right? Like, I mean, right. and, and I've been uh, fortunate to be on campus before yeah, working gorgeous, and yeah. oh man, I, you know, you can fall in love with the, all well, the, yeah, all the resources I, out there in yeah. the mountain, right? Like, yeah, why? Well, well, I had never flown in an airplane before in my life until I got a ticket to go to see Vanderbilt, Nashville. And uh, that was my first trip. So when I got another set, of, I got another um, airplane ticket to go to Colorado. I told my mom and dad, I, I'm going to Colorado because I've never been there. I want to take another airplane flight. Northwestern yeah. was just down the street. So it wasn't, wasn't too far away. But they told me if I wasn't serious about looking at Air Force Academy, they didn't want me wasting an airplane ticket. So I, I didn't go, but, but I, I would have liked to have flown out there, but I eventually got out there later in life. Yeah. It's uh, I think it would have been, well, it probably would have made a tough decision for you. I mean, you see yeah. what they have. You're a guy who loves leadership. I'm sure, you know, they offer. And of course, you know, the money's real, the commitment's huge, but it's always impressed with the, the way they run their program. So let me ask you this, Chris. I mean, I'm a friend, but I asked you to come on, talk about winners, find a way. Tell me your why. Why do you come on the show? Why is this important to you? Well, you know, the whole idea of being able, I've been really blessed and I've had some really unbelievable role models from, you know, Mike Coleman, my high school football coach to Brad Bates, who was my strength coach at Vanderbilt, who's been an incredible person to me. And, and I have had lots of leaders that have taken me under their wing along the way, and I've learned from them. And, and, and I wouldn't be where I am without the help of so many, you know, my father and my mother and my grandparents and my family and my friends. You know, so if I have something that works, that I know works, that I can share, and give back. I mean, you know, the whole EO and the YPO experience for me has been tremendous. And it's, you know, that's been the other big vehicle driver for me and for NCSA to grow. And I continue to, to meet people that fire me. So if I could share some of the, you know, what I'm sharing is not, I didn't invent. It's all stuff that I've learned and I'm just passing on my experience of what how that affected me and hopefully maybe if it can affect someone else uh, you know there's great resources out there you know from from the eo group and from you know guys like Vern harnish you know the rockefeller habits down the line there's so much good education and of things of people that have have blueprints that can be followed and the blueprint that i follow if you you know the idea is controlling what you can control your attitude and your work ethic and then surrounding yourself with winners and I call it scaffolding. I mean, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm not good at. And so the whole idea of a, that a strength overuse can become a weakness and a weakness acknowledged can become a strength. Uh, I try to incorporate that in how I lead and find the people that are better than me in the areas I'm not good at and, and bring them on the team. <laughs> mm, I love that. Tell us quickly one thing that most people don't know about you. What do people not know about me? I mean, I think um, that a lot of people don't know that, you know, I, I come from real humble beginnings and, you know, a real blue collar town and, uh, you know, one of the first in my family to go to college. And the whole idea that when I get, you know, was in grade school and my mo mom and dad said, you're, if you're going to go to college, you're going to have to pay for it. Are you gonna? And then when I found that out, I make, then I said, well, I better start working on my lifting some weights and playing football because I looked at that as my way, my ticket to college. So yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, coming from my background and knowing 
that you know I, I used to you know having from having a paper route to, I used to wash dishes at the local uh, Best Western Hotel. I worked for the street and sanitation department in North Chicago in the summers, and from there I I worked at a Bennigan's and uh, and then I caddied. I I made made my summer money caddying. I saved twelve hundred dollars and I got through my first year of Vanderbilt on twelve hundred bucks for the wow. whole year. Yeah, and I, and I think people don't always get that right. Like the kids are sitting with, you know, a $50,000 education fund. Like, uh, you know, parents are like, well, yeah. hey, whatever you have, take it with you because we're not sending yeah. any. We're trying to keep our lights on. We're trying to feed the mouths still at home. And I really appreciate that. We have an interesting background that's very similar, right? And I don't know how many kids went through this, but, you know, my story goes, I had a uh, seventh grade teacher who walked us through what do you want? You know, what do you want to be? What do you want life to be like when you're 30? And I think that was really like, I really liked the teacher and I was the youngest of four. So I took that assignment so seriously. Right. And you know, this is 1982, man. And I, and I turned 30 in on Y2K 1999. Right. So, I mean, it just felt like forever away as a 12 year old, except it was my first real blush with goal setting and things like that. But you wrote your stuff down. I mean, you wrote it down as a kid. You still have the paper. And I know this because I've seen you talk about it, right? Yeah, right. And so walk me through that. Did that did that change things for you? Talk to me about how you got focused in when you knew, hey, I want to do this. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.